All right, everybody, welcome back to this time, episode 28 of the BJJ 101 Store Room Podcast. And again, today we've got a really awesome guest in Eddie or Edward Foster. Um, Eddie, we always like, I always try to start with like a very simple question to just like, because we know you, we know you from the gym, we've been training with you for a while and coaching you and that type of thing. Um, but for the people that don't know you, just introduce yourself a little bit. You can go back as far. I like to start right at the beginning and then go all the way through chronologically. But, you know, talk about your childhood, your upbringing, who you are as a person, what you do, and then also like along that journey, like where you got introduced to martial arts. Sure. Yeah. No problems. Thanks for having me. I feel very honoured to be here. No, thanks um, so much for coming in. And Eduardo, so th- thanks for having me. Um, well, look, I'm 55 years old now. Um, my journey started, um, my, my mother was a single mother and, um, you know, I got raised in a privileged upbringing until I was about five. And then I ventured away from my home state, moved to Queensland, you know, became a diving instructor. Um, I was a nurse, I was a paramedic, um, had a lot of interesting times there lived overseas for a couple of years as a diving instructor in fiji oh, wow. and um, that's where i met my wife who was an american tourist holidaying at the time and um, we've been together now 27 years we've had two children and um you know a boy and a girl my son is 26 my daughter's 23 yeah, so, yeah and right now i, I don't I, I work for a medical device um, company we make um, ventilators intensive care ventilators my role primarily is to teach doctors and nurses how to use the ventilators so yeah that, that's what i do awesome man yeah um i just want to like ask a question because we like often find like a lot of the people that we interview and there's particular traits in the people that we like talk to that have either you know, started jiu-jitsu and been training for a while or in Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belts, but they always have like a history of like playing or being involved in some type of sports and like having a certain amount of discipline from that sports like early on. What, how old were you when you started playing like rugby league and rugby and that type uh, of thing? Like six years old. Okay, yeah. so you've been playing from yeah, yeah day one. Kind and of and I, I, like you, I went to boarding school, so that was kind of indoctrinated. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, the discipline was there. And, and that was probably the hardest thing when I left boarding school. Um, I, I loved rugby and I thought I'll, I'll play for a local club side. And, you know, to go and rock up for pre-season and have them drink beers after training, yeah. I was like, what, what are you what doing? What is this? You know, you guys are, yeah. how, how often? You're only training twice a week. How, how can you be successful if you only train yeah, twice yeah. a week? We've got to be training, you know, four to five times a week. Mm-hmm. And, you know, weights, we've got to do all of this stuff. And they're going, hey, bro, no, just just chill here. <laughs> you know, we train, social, social. we train, we drink beer. and that's That is the do. training. Yeah, so I found that pretty hard. Um, mm. You know, I, I did a lot of individual sports after that where, you know, self-discipline was needed. And, mm. um, you know, I'm not the most coordinated person in the world, um, but I'm good at long, monotonous, boring tasks. So I used to um, paddle... Um, the racing surf skis kayaks things like that in ultra endurance events um i used to run marathons and things like that as well yeah never never elite but you know just in there and enjoy it and you know it's about having that determination to to get to the other side for sure 100 percent. i i just find that's interesting to kind of like 
pry into a little bit because I, th- I think like oh, pretty much everyone we've spoken to that decided to commit to jiu-jitsu or has done well in life, whatever, they have like some history of like being extremely disciplined around sports for whatever reason. And I don't know why that kind of creates that kind of driven attitude to go and achieve things. And like I said, just getting across the, you know, the river or getting down the stream to with the rowing stuff or whatever, but it just fosters that kind of um, mental kind of attitude to like, man, I'm just going to work hard to achieve whatever it is. Extremely disciplined because you have to be to achieve in sports yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that I'm extremely disciplined right throughout my life. You yeah, know, but, but we're not but, all perfect, but it just seems like a lot of people that have done well in the world have some history of doing like sports and, and like some amount of discipline in their early childhood. Yeah, yeah. 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 What, you know, what I saw particularly at boarding school was yeah. the discipline that we put in um, – Always yielded results. Yeah. You know? Where did you go to boarding school? Um, in Sydney, St. Joseph's, okay. Hunters Hill. So. That, that's a quite a famous. Yeah, famous rugby school. Yeah. So, yeah. so you yeah. were born in Sydney? I was born in Sydney, yes. Okay. And, and I moved to Queensland when I was probably 23. Okay. What did you, what did you, um, how did you feel about leaving overseas and what was Fiji back then? Uh, I was in Fiji in the early 90s, 91, 92, 93, and it was life-changing. Um, we lived in a really beautiful island that was a five-star resort. You know, we lived the life of Riley. It was just a great life. Um, we did the scuba diving and the game fishing and, and all of that, which was, was awesome. But the, what I learned over there was that Family was everything, you know. Um, I think in this day and age, in our society, we're too busy. Yeah. Um, I, I remember classic, you know, that we didn't used to pay our staff huge amounts of money. Like our dive masters used to get paid fifty dollars a week, and, and yeah, that was a good sum. But we couldn't get anyone to work on Thursday afternoon. And this was a five-star resort, so if somebody came in and they wanted to go fishing or diving. On a Thursday afternoon, we used to have to say, hey, sorry, we can't do it. And they're like, why? And we said, well, it's rugby at the school today. And there was no matter how much money we offered, they would never, you know, no, I want to watch that. Put the work before their kids playing and their family supporting and stuff. Yeah, that's super interesting. And the other interesting thing that I got out of that was um, the people, the guests were were quite affluent. You know, like it was expensive to stay there. And they would often do a um, a village tour. Yeah. And, and the village, um, it was a lot of thatched huts. It was a lot of um, like what your garden, Shanty garden, shed, and stuff, yeah. garden shed would look like, you know, yeah. and people slept under the one roof and, you know, they may have a mat, but a lot of the time dirt floors. And the guests would come back to the resort after they'd gone to the visit, the, the village, and they'd say to me, Oh, those poor people, you know, how, how can they live like that? How can, you know, like, that's terrible. I just want to give them money. And I said, when you were at the village, did you see adults laughing like you used to laugh when you were okay, a five-year-old yeah. kid? You know, like, where you're almost wetting your pants, things are so funny. And they go, yeah. I said, well, how long since you've laughed like that? And, and they, they go, well, I don't know. And I said, well, who's got it right? Then yeah, or us, know. you know, so... Yeah, I, I, I completely understand that. I think that uh, 
money can bring us, can isolate people a lot. You know, like suddenly our space become bigger, our properties are bigger, our cars are bigger, and we have less uh, interpersonal relations, you know. Um, and I always have a thought about this. You go to poor countries, they don't have much money, but they will make it. They, they seem to be happy all the time, you know what I mean? They, they celebrate with small victories, you know. Yeah. Um, I remember I used to, to come back to university by bus, and you get inside the bus, there is maybe 500 people inside the bus. You don't know how you're going to get out of the bus. My whole concern was, am I going to get out of the bus, but I have to get out of the bus, you know what I mean? Like, because there's so many people. And you're like, man, I'm going to get out of the bus, you know, like, they're going to wait, I'm going to go in behind people. You get out of the bus, there's a guy doing a barbecue, like a little barbecue on the stick, like this, probably like 50 cents. And you get that, you know, it's like, yeah, this life, you know what I mean? So small victories, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. They're so, make, and you you have these memories, so, you know what I mean? Like, you have vivid memories about these little victories, you know? Yeah. No. Uh, it, good point. It, it we, we've definitely talked about this stuff before, about how, like, like uh, most of us in, like, westernized countries that are, like, extremely privileged and we have so much opportunity, we're, like, a victim of that lifestyle. Like, the, we're a victim of the opportunities that are, exist in this country. Like, it's so easy and everything's so like easily handed to people and like I'm sure, I know people work hard too but like a lot of the focus is on like again like external materialistic kind of things as opposed to like just having that core family value of like we don't care what works on and how much money you're going to pay us this is our family time and we're going to do that and that's what we're living for right now to support these people and yeah it's kind of lost in a lot of westernized countries mm. it's very interesting um, but yeah, like it, it, this is seems to be the case in like most scenarios. Like the closer what people are to poverty, for the most part, the closer they are to being natural, like their natural kind of gender scenarios, and everyone kind of has their role. Mm. And because they have purpose, they're just happier mm. because they have real purpose for their existence. They're mm. not confused about what they should be doing in life because they have so many options, and it's everything's kind of done for you. They have real purpose. They rely on each other to fulfill the different roles and jobs in their life. And it gives people meaning. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I, I remember every after... Uh, before I went to Fiji, all I really knew about Fijians yeah. were the Hong Kong Sevens. They used to always yeah, be yeah, the Hong Kong Sevens. Time, yeah, yeah. And I remember <laughs> watching the Hong Kong Sevens way back when. And, you know, you saw this fantastic try where they were flicking it between their legs and over their mm. head and was just the biggest fluke you could ever see. And I went, wow. But then when I was over there, every afternoon, every afternoon at 4.30, work stopped, rugby started. And it was all one-touch rugby. So it was like touch football, but you only got one touch and then you had to surrender the ball. So that's where they learnt to quickly get rid of the ball. And, you know, quite often you're talking about, um, you know, privilege and all the rest of it. Ah, the ball... The ball, who forgot, someone forgot the ball. No worries. And, you know, it was really early in my tenure. We don't have a ball and they oh, climb the tree. coconut, <laughs> pull a coconut, you know, yeah. and, and they play with that. And they're just as happy, you know. Mm. So it was awesome. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, awesome funny. experience. That is that is cool. funny kind of little story that they do it like that. Eddie, how did you, um, how jiu-jitsu came in your life? Well, it, it was, it was... It was awesome the way it came to me. Um, my son, as a teenager, ha- had 
some real problems. He had some issues. Um, mm-hmm. And he went on the wrong side of the tracks. He was into lots of dis- different substances. Mm-hmm. And we were really worried for him. We were losing him. You know, we didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I showed him an inspirational clip by Jocko Willink called Good. And he was just vacant with it. You know, didn't think he took any attention to it. Um, but then what he did was he had a look for who Jocko Willink was. Jocko Willink, Joe Rogan, BJJ. So then he looked at BJJ and he came down to your gym. And um, we didn't say anything, didn't know. And pretty soon, you know, he was coming to your gym two, three times a day. And then all of a sudden, you know, we're seeing this kid coming home. He didn't tell us what he was doing, but he was looking better. And, you know, then he said, oh, can I borrow some money because I want to buy a gi? I'm like, what? Yeah, I've been going to jiu-jitsu and I want to buy a gi. So I was like, oh, okay, well, you know, how much? And they tell him, that's a lot of money. You know, you sure you're going to stay with this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So gave him the money. And then I thought, I better go and check this out to make sure that, you know, it's legit and all the rest of it. So... I came down and, and I watched the session and I didn't understand any of it. <laughs> and then, you know, but I could see him changing and his enthusiasm for life coming back, um, him coming back to us. And I think I came and watched two or three sessions and mm-hmm. watched him and as a protective father was really nervous and, I'm, you know, like I'll get up and I'll separate them, you know, mm-hmm. he can't hurt my son. But then, you know, I realized, no, I'm just going to sit back. And then um, my, my son said, yeah, Dad, why don't you give it a go? And I said, oh, mate, I'm, I'm 50. I'm good, you know. <laughs> I'm good. You know, it looks, looks like a young man's sport. And then he pulled the guilt trip on me. He said, oh, hang on, let me get this right. And he would have been 21 at the time. He said, for the last 21 years, you've asked me not to do this, to do this, to do this, to live this way. And you've expected me to do that. And I ask you to do one class and you're saying, no, is that what I'm hearing? So he guilted me into it. (laughs) So then I came and tried it and it it was like nothing I've ever experienced before in my life. And nothing. It it was friends say, you know, what is it? What is it about jujitsu? All you do is talk about jujitsu. You know, do you have a life outside of jujitsu? I said, it's, it's just really, for me, it's just really unusual. Like, it, it's really hard to describe it. It's, it's like if you're a musician, you turn up to class and the instructor gives you a chord, mm. you know, like a chord. Here's a chord. But then, you know, after a couple of months, you might have three or four chords and you have to put them in some sort of logical sequence that's going to make sense to play the music. And, and, you know, like it's a combative sport, but it's not. It's like chess, but it's not. And, and there's a certain, like, I was thinking about this on the way here. There's a certain camaraderie that you get that I, I've been to other jiu-jitsu gyms when I've been traveling because I love jiu-jitsu. Um, and you're not sure of the people there or anything like that. And when you get onto the mats, you've got to be really humble. 
you know, you can't have an ego mm. and you'll get into situations where you can't do anything about it. You know, like you are extremely vulnerable, but you know that if you tap that person, even if you've never met them before, mm. will just stop. All the pressure will come off and you'll look at each other in the eye and you'll shake hands and say, that was really cool. Can you, can you show me what you did or mm. how you got there or, you know, and I the thought, complete stranger. Yeah, yeah complete. And, and to have that brotherhood or trust. And then you have girls that come here and, you know, like I'm six foot four and 95 kilos. And, you know, you've been really careful with who you let roll with who. But in the last couple of years, I've been rolling with some of the girls. And, and it's just this mutual respect. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's just nourishing for this. It's, it's what we're supposed to do. You know, there's no other sport mm. that you can be so vulnerable and feel so safe and protected. Safe yeah. and protected at the same time. It's incredible. Boy, that's super interesting. Your your description, <laughs> your your insight. I, I love that the way you put it out there. It's really interesting, Eddie. It's a very well thought out kind of um, explanation. I don't know. It, it is such a difficult thing to describe because it's it's the, the like describing feeling and emotion and these untangible things that can be very difficult but like i think you did a really good job kind of explaining that scenario for a lot of people and you're right like we talked about this and i think the thing that i always go back to and it talks to about like it's like this grounding like basis root level of being a human being and we talked about it with um Octavio and he and, and he explains it in a way where he's done a lot of research about this stuff but like like touch and feel and and like wrestling and and like the grappling aspect is the first like real language that you learn as a human being because when you're a, a, an infant before you can speak the way you communicate you tug on your mum's arm I want to go up you do all this stuff so it brings you back to that grounded root place where man you you, I don't know what it is. I don't know how to describe it as well. It's so hard to put into words, but it just brings you back to that childhood scenario, man, like where you can connect to things honestly. And there's no like manipulation involved. It's just like you're experiencing everything without all the um, like societal pressures and social pressures of the world. Like it's just, you're just openly expressing, you know, you, I'm going to try and beat you, you're going to try and beat me, but it's this language and it's this art and it's... Uh, yeah, it's a very complex, unique thing that, like, a lot of people never experience, which, you know, is a sad thing to yeah, go through life without experiencing that. But, yeah, it's very, very interesting, yeah. The, the first six months, I think, is the biggest challenge yeah. because you don't know what's happening, you know. You, you have an ego, and it doesn't matter how big your ego is. No. You could have somebody that's half your size wrap you up and you can't move there's absolutely nothing you can do other than tap you know and then some people me probably included back in the day wouldn't tap and you know you people are going you should tap because there's no getting out of this um but you just keep coming back for the first six months you know you won't know what's happening you you, you don't get it you know and, and you get this um fight or flight and this perceptual narrowing and mm. you know i watch when, when both of you are instructing and to me i'm listening and you're giving very clear concise guidelines on what yeah. to do as soon as the clap 
half the class that's out the window and they're like, <laughs> you know, and, and you're like, man, didn't you just hear what they said? Yeah. You know, hey, I want to roll with you, but let's practice what we're, what did he just say? Well, we uh, just had half an hour of drilling, mm. and you, you know all you've been thinking about is who's going to submit me, who am I going to submit? And mm. it's just not the way it works, you know. Yeah. And to me now, um, like I'm five years, I'm fifty-five now, five years deep, and um, it's almost like meditation. You know, yeah. when I come here, um, if I've had a hard day, if there's outside influences affecting me, when I go on the mats. All I can focus on is jujitsu. I can't think about, oh, I have to get the dog food on the way home, I have to pay this bill, I have to... I can't think of any of that. You know, I'm trying to think, oh, what did he teach me? How did I get out of this move last time? What did Anton teach me? So, you know, and and that that's really unique. So it sounds really weird for a combative sport. Yeah. But once, and I think it was you, Eduardo, that said to me, and it was probably around the six-month mark. I said, you know, how do you know when you're getting better? And you said, can you remember your last role? And I'm like, no. He says, that's because you're too emotional. You know, if you can detach, leave your emotions, leave your ego behind, then you'll start to see the bigger picture. Mm. And as soon as you said that, you know, like, yeah, you know, just relax. Instead of having this peripheral narrowing this tunnel vision you see the whole picture and then for me now like jujitsu is everywhere in life you know if i'm yeah. pushing something the wrong way if it's too difficult i step back detach oh there's an easy way you know, don't push against don't push against the frame go around the frame mm. you know yeah, there's a lot of parallels that you can apply to life. This is a really important one, though, because, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's always easy in theory, but the moment the clap happens and the <laughs> the intensity starts or the, the moment you get into a heated argument with a loved one or whatever, like, it's really difficult not to, you know, like, get caught up in that emotional thing. Like, you know what I mean? And I, I compete all the time. and I still am affected by that. Like, it's a it's an ongoing battle, you know what I mean? It's an ongoing um process of improvement and getting better as a human being and again we've talked about this with a bunch of people it's just like this it's you're mimicking survival man. like this perpetual cycle of learning and improving it's it's to get better to improve it's it's forever you know in front of you and you can never catch the carrot dangling in front of you but that's the that's the purpose of living man Hmm. that's what gives meaning to life you know what i mean instead of like oh i've got my purple belt and now I'm done. Like, eh. And, like, man, there's more to achieve. There's more to get. There's more to go there. But, yeah. This is a really important point that you talked about as well, about detaching. We all struggle with emotions, unfortunately, but it does help, for sure, doing jiu-jitsu. Yeah. You know, yeah. you start remembering your roles and you're remembering mm. what people, where they put their hands, where, what you did. And, you know, the next time that happens, you can recognize it, you know. Look, for me, um, one of the re- most rewarding things, I think, is like after years teaching is be able to touch people's life, you know, and, and I'm pretty sure we do this a lot. Um, sometimes people don't see that. Sometimes people go, man, I can't, I cannot uh, come to me and have a conversation tell, look, this, this really touched my life for many reasons. Uh, 
and that's what happened to you. I remember we had this conversation one day before, and uh, you were so happy. And I, there is no hard uh, to have words to describe on how amazing that would have been for yourself um, to have to have someone so close to you to be able to overcome such a difficult uh, time, right? I had many friends before that had the same situation, and sports. Jiu-Jitsu helped a lot as well, one of the sports that helped. Um, there's a lot of people that use for other issues as well, and that brings a lot of balance. I think that the, the balance that Jiu-Jitsu, that the little discipline, the little, for example, everyone, I think everyone that's from my age in Brazil like would have the option to go the wrong path, mm. probably more than once. It's <laughs> present with you every day, right? Very common, you play soccer, even a jiu-jitsu man, you have, I, I used to play, I used to say this as a joke, but this is true. At the same gym, the same floor training, you have the big drug dealer and the police and they mm -hmm. shake hands afterwards, you know what I mean, when they're training, right? But um, you had an option, you could go to anyway. And when you're a teenager, you literally can go anyway, right? Because you're trying or because some people are telling you it's, it's fun, etc. And I always found jiu-jitsu was very important in my personal life because it brought me back to, oh, wait a second, I cannot keep doing, I cannot keep drinking too much because tomorrow I want to train. Hmm. But just having that balance, like that was, there's, there's, um, there's consequences. So yeah. from a young age, like, in, in, like having the sport background gives you that, oh, wait a second, I can't just go and party for three days and do whatever I want. No, no, next day, otherwise I'll cry. I remember one When day. When you get bashed, or you can't I remember train, this yeah. is a true story. I used to do a competition training uh, back at Alliance on a Saturday, the headquarters in Alliance, and it was a Saturday morning, and I party on a Friday. Like this was a lesson, vivid lesson in my head. I learned that one, and the train was early morning, and it was like before uh, it used to be like 10, 10 trains, 10 minutes, no water. It was like very uh, old school, very old school, a bit crazy, not acceptable nowadays. But anyway, that time was like that. And so I think there was like the third or fourth train. I was like in just hardcore training. I started crying. I was like, man, talking to myself, crying on my own, just going, I can't do that. That's wrong, man. I can't. Or I party or I do the training. I can't do. So that always brought me balance. And I think I, I wanted to hear from you. Why do you think that was important specifically for him? What did you observe? that actually affected him. I do remember when he arrived and I could see that his personality changed so much. Mm. He, he got involved in jiu-jitsu uh, because he was a musician, so he already had the artistic hand and background. Creativity, yeah. Creativity. So he could put a lot of thought into this. So I thought him immerse himself into that. And that was probably what like make him thinking so much and got involved And he actually got really good at jiu-jitsu, mm. which was really amazing as well and awesome to see. And his personality changed. He became a lot more um, giving, a lot more um, open, a lot more... Um, humble. <laughs> humble. Humble. Humble is the word. Perfect. So, yeah. please. So, you know, my wife and I talk and we say we owe Eduardo our son's life. You know, I believe that jiu-jitsu came along at the right time to turn a corner. So we'll always be indebted for that. 
um, what it brought when people are using drugs, who do they associate with? Yeah, other people drug that users. do that stuff. Okay, and, and people want to bring them back down. Um, yeah, to you know, justify their own behaviour. Yeah, and, and look, I've you know, like I talked to Zeke before I came here and asked if it was okay to mention some of this, and he said it was. Um, I remember. You know, he was doing jujitsu. He hadn't used drugs. It was probably about six months of really hard times for my wife and I mm-hmm. to, to try and get through this. You know, mm-hmm. we're coming down off substances. It was terrible. Um, but after six months, things seemed to set, settle down. And um, we went away for the weekend. And my daughter came home from university. And she came home and she called us. And she said, do you realise there's somebody staying at our house with my son? And I was like, no. And, you know, so we rushed back mm. and this guy had gone. And our son was acting bad, like weird. Um, and my wife and I talked and we said, look, he, he's probably used, you know, we've just got to reset, yeah. refocus, move ahead, you know. And... For three days, he acted weird. And then on the third day, I still remember it was a Sunday, he came out and he was normal. And he said to his mother, he said, oh, that fellow that was here, he bought drugs. And the whole time he was here, he kept offering me drugs. And I kept saying, no, no, I'm off them. I don't want to do drugs anymore. And he would use them while he was here. And then when you were coming back, he left and he shook my hand. And as he shook my hand, he put drugs in my hand. He said, you keep these in case you need them. And he said, for three days, my demons in my head were saying, oh, you know, they're there. And he said, this morning, I flushed them down the toilet. And we saw it straight away. The relief. That was awesome. So you've got, excuse the French, but you've got shit bags that want to bring you down all the time. Like that guy, you know, yeah. that that's a kid saying, mm-hmm. hey, I don't want to do it anymore. And this is a guy going, I don't want you to succeed. Zeke's coming to jujitsu. He's associating with adults, males, his own age group. None of them are using drugs. He's achieving kicking goals. He's getting stripes. He's getting maneuvers. getting better. Yeah. And he's associating with people mm. that don't do that. And, and yeah, you know, all of a sudden he had a new group of friends, new influence, yeah. new influence, different ages as well. Yeah, different, out, great role models, and you know that that was the big change, like a big turning point for us. So it's been six years. He's been drug free six years. It's amazing. It's yeah. Amazing. Look, I I think it's very important to first of all, um, it, for me it's just for me it gives the um, for me super important. It just um, gives me the 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 it's a gift for me like to be able to touch people's life that's what i think it's it's a lot gives the most important present i have of teaching jiu-jitsu is be able to touch people's life that for me is more than any any money right to be honest that's what keeps me doing that mm-hmm. i had the option to do other jobs but i decided to do jiu-jitsu and i i look for a, a reason why to do jiu-jitsu you know like why to teach jiu-jitsu you know what i mean and uh when I discovered that was like I was touching people's lives and I received a lot of feedbacks in that to reinforce that, which is pretty awesome for me because the same way it touches you, it touched me. That was, for me, it was like, well, this is, this is, I'm happy. You know what I mean? I'm settled. This is what I'm 
going to be doing. I feel satisfied. So for me, it's a, a pleasure, an honor to be doing this. And I, I can pretty sure I did that with, to myself as well. So I can, it worked for me, right? Um, I had a situation where I got drugs as well from friends and I flushed. I think flushed has a, a very good connotation in like, don't want this shit. This shit is not like, yeah. you know, people gave me drugs, you know, friends, you know, you, you know, drug dealers. I mean, have these, go. Oh, this is awesome. You go, oh, man, I think this is shit. Boom. And then flush, I think is a, a good uh, symbolic moment, yeah. you know? Um, yeah, look, I, I couldn't be happier. I know there's a lot of people that have a lot of struggles, uh, you know, with different different drugs and different uh, state of mind as well. Yeah. And I think jujitsu can be very helpful, like just to give you, like you're saying, it's, you, you're going to be surrounded by people that have different ages, good people, great people, good values. There, there is a, a discipline that's involved that it puts, push, drives into something much nicer you know what I mean? That can give you a lot back to you. More than you think, actually. Mm. That's the funny thing. Um, yeah. So I feel privileged as well, Eddie. Yeah. yeah no, it, it, man, thank you so much for sharing that. Like, it's. A, I think this is the type of stuff that's important to talk about for people to realize and, and understand the value of these types of things. Like, And I think you're both kind of talking about it. You're talking about, like... Um, the responsibility that, that like it teaches you responsibility it teaches you accountability but i think what people really start to realize and start to notice is you have power of your own life man. Mm. like a lot of people don't get that like we're taught almost in a western country to like remove accountability for you, from yourself and it's like oh because this happened to me and oh these things are the reason for that and it's almost like you're, you're encouraged to like take that victimized kind of mindset and when you start doing this and you're around people that are like, another thing on top of that is they're all respectful towards each, towards each other regardless of their demographic, regardless mm -hmm. where they're from because you both have to trust each other to that extent mm -hmm. where a complete stranger that you go and train with in another country is willing to let go of whatever you're doing to them because you're tapped on their body. So that trust level and that respect level, but not only on, on top of that, is that you, you gain all the power. You're in control of the outcomes things that happen to you and the things that happen around you and the things that you do to other people, you're in control. Mm. It's not the drug. It's mm. not the people. It's not your mommy. It's not your daddy. It's not the government. It's you. And this is something that kind of gets thrown in your face over and over and over when you do jujitsu. Like you said, you started crying in the middle of this training because you couldn't keep up with that and you just can't do it anymore. And you recognize that it's your responsibility, that it's your, you have to be accountable for those choices. You're in control. And this is the type of thing that I think you guys are kind of like talking about underlying. Yeah. And I, again, like anybody that has the opportunity to go and do jiu-jitsu and kind of commit their life to the mastery of this crazy, intricate, you know what I mean, artsy, weird sport, like, man, you're going to learn this stuff to some extent. I mean, it's good for everybody. What What's, what's interesting is that a lot of people – you know, over the last five years, I've met a lot of people mm. that have suffered abuse that come to jujitsu, yeah. or that you know, women that have been um, sexually violated, yeah. and they come and do jujitsu. And I thought, this is crazy. You know, like why would you want to do that? But what jujitsu does, which I've only come to realise just recently, is that if somebody was assaulted. They were held down. So in their mind, in their nerves, everything, 
they've got this negative trigger trigger yeah. for being held down. You come and you do jujitsu, all of a sudden you're being held down in exactly the same. It doesn't make sense. You're being held down in exactly the same thing. You tap. Oh, it's released. Mm. It's not the the terrible outcome that you know. So, yeah, I, I couldn't get over it at first. You know, why would why would women that have been sexually violated want to come to jujitsu? And it's a reconditioning that hey, yeah. there are decent people in the world. Positive reconditioning. That yeah. that's right. You know, it's just an amazing, amazing thing. Super mm. interesting, Eddie. Um, so, what would you? What would you say it's your, uh, like, how many times a week do you train? You know, there's a lot of guys. Uh, I noticed there's a lot more uh, guys over 35, over 40, over, over 45 training at the gym and training jiu-jitsu because it can be done as a, as a form of, like, a lifestyle thing and uh, enjoyable. No one kicks, no one punches, you know, like a chess game. When you, on, for your life, what works well for you in, in terms of, like, how many times a week do you train? Uh, do you try to do other sports with it? Do you do anything else aside from jiu-jitsu? Sure. Um, look, I'd love to do jiu-jitsu three times a day, you know, seven <laughs> days a week. <laughs> <laughs> I think once I, I did every class in the week, but um, that was probably three years ago. Um, now I, I like to try to come three to four times a week. Um, at my age... I, if I don't come, I get very stiff and very sore. So it, it's active recovery for me. The maintenance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and um, look, I, I think that I'm pretty careful who I roll with. Um, you know, I, I understand that I'm not a spring chicken. Um, and what? I, I, often, on, I, often, I often joke with the younger ones and I say, look, there's no winning for you. You know, like if you, if you submit me, You've just submitted a 55-year-old. Elder but if, abuse. But if I submit you, you've just been submitted <laughs> by a 50 So it's no win situation <laughs> for you. But uh, So we have fun. But, you know, like, um, so, yeah, three to four times a week, um, I pick who I roll with. Uh, I try to stay active. You know, I do run, but I found that I had to give my running away because I was getting too tight and it was prohibiting me from being loose for jujitsu, So I still run a little bit, like three or four times a week, but not as much as I used to. And it's important as well uh, to have like three or four, for me, works really well nowadays as well. You know, I'm about to turn 46. Uh, but I don't, I, I think choosing partners is essential. Yeah. But there's one more thing as well, which you mentioned right at the beginning. It's um, don't have, don't, don't fight with your ego, you know what I mean? Mm. To try not tap for anything because... To recover from anything, uh, it takes a lot more time. There is no point. As we'll, you get older, yeah. We'll like, lose all the fun. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, we're not here to, to prove anything to no one. Mm. We're just having a great time and put the radio on the way back home nice and recent good music. We were done, yeah? Yeah, it, it's funny because I came last night and I was speaking to one of one of my colleagues in the car park after the class. And, and you know, we just said, he said... I had a really shitty day and I didn't want to come, but I came and he said, I feel good now. Glad I came. Yeah, yeah glad I came. I, I, you know, have you ever tried to think about when you have a great day in jiu-jitsu, like in training, that everything works, all the positions you want to try and every moves, you have perfect timing. And I, I found funny, but there's some days where I had completely shit days, 
right? And I come to them, and I'm tired and everything, and I come to them, everything works great. Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of like, oh, my God, how am I going to now put that into the <laughs> my judgment thing about when is the right time when I do well or not, you know what it's I mean? It's a paradox. It's supposed right? to be a great, a bad day, you know, the matter as well, and it became a great day. Yeah. And sometimes you're well rested, you're waiting for the moment, nothing works, you know? It's, I think it's the relaxation in the whole thing. Like when you go there and you're kind of like indifferent, you just let things happen as they happen naturally. And like when you, you go care. there and you're like driven and ready to go, you kind of, yeah, your expectations are high, but also you try to create that instead of allowing it to happen on its own. It's a funny like paradox, man. Man, you're going to find this paradoxical thinking and man, like every class, for example, paradoxical stuff, every class is always a question is like, which one is better? Is it better to do it this way or is it better to do it that way? And like every day I'm like, dude, you guys have to change the way you think about things. It doesn't exist. Mm. There is no magic pill. There is no special technique. There is no special workout plan. It's like if you do it this way, you gain this and you lose that. If you do it this way, you gain this and you lose that. And it's just a matter of choice. It, and, it, and yeah, it, it was really funny as a white belt because, mm. yeah, the first year we are all kind of like, oh, Eduardo taught us this technique. This is the Trump technique. Yeah. This is going to trump every other technique mm. on the planet. Now we're good to go. We don't yeah. have to learn anything else because he taught us this arm bar or this choke and we're good to go now. This is going to – and then you realise, oh, hang on. No, it doesn't work all the time. In <laughs> fact, it hardly works on me at all. <laughs> yeah, it's funny how we we get taught sometimes one thing and we don't – we're not open to – add other points from other people, you know, like this is one thing that it's very important in jiu-jitsu as well, like you be open to see other ways to do the things because even if you go to five different gyms, like with great teachers, you're going to see different details perhaps that are valid, you mm. know, but, um, it, you know, so it's, it's, they, they should try to take in consideration at least, you know what I mean, and try, see if it works for you, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I like the way that um, here at Gaha we've over the last two years, we've been more, you know, hey, think of the fundamental, what, what is your objective here? It's not, hey, nail this technique. You're teaching the techniques, yeah. but, you, hey, what is your objective here? You know, my objective is to get past, the, okay, there's 30 ways of getting past the hips, 500 ways of getting past the hips. Get past the hips, but when you get past them, secure them. Now what have you got to do? Oh, you got the shoulders. You've got to try and secure the shoulders, you know. So it's that conceptual thing rather than, this technique is yeah. going to see Yeah, page 34, you. Yeah, para yeah, paragraph yeah, 2, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's now yeah. this time, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I agree. Yeah, well, I kind of transition a lot. So teaching most of the class and that type of thing, I transition a lot from – because that's how I used to – because that's how I got taught jiu-jitsu as well. Like I didn't I didn't really start thinking about jiu-jitsu so deeply in, in, except for the last like three or four years, you know what I mean? So um, it's – I don't think it's a new thing. I think there's always been guys been teaching that way and like – people that are really immersed and really driven and like deep thinkers have always been like this. And some people did it in philosophy and some people did it in, you know, inventions. And um, I think it's become more common now in jujitsu. And um, yeah, it's, it's, you're just trying to streamline and, and like maximize efficiency with whatever you're doing. Cause you can teach somebody all the techniques in the world and still, because they don't understand what they're trying to do, mm. they still fail. And it's mm. like, all right, you can – the whole, like, fisherman teaching them how to fish instead of giving yeah. them the fish. Like, 
man, teach the guy how to fish and you can feed him for a lifetime. So if you explain to people how things work, they don't need to come to you every time there's a problem. Right. They should be able to think about it on their own to come up with solutions. And that's the, that's the goal of everybody as a coach. You're trying to make your students better than you. That's that's what the goal is. Whether they get to that point's up to their work and up to their, you know, um, discipline and all that type of thing. But, like, that's the goal, you know what I mean? So, I made it, yeah. <laughs> we, we, we laugh, like, me and my, my, my buddies, we laugh because, you know, we used to go up to either one of you and say, oh, how do I get out of, mm. you know, this armbar or how do I get out of this triangle, or, you know? And you would look at us, either, you know, Eduardo or, or Anton, and you'd go, just don't get there in the first place. <laughs> there, there's so many memes about this type of response. Like, there's so many memes and funny jokes about this response. You know, you made the mistake three moves or yeah, four yeah, moves yeah. ago. Not, no, yeah, once you're there, just tap and yeah, move no, on. But they're talking know? about, like, the most extreme, extreme yeah, example. Yeah. Like, my arm's fully locked out. There's no bend in my arm at all. I'm about to break my elbow. All right, what do I do? Yeah. It's like, man, like, tap. Yeah, that's probably the only way you're going to get out of there. Yeah. Funny, yeah funny. The other thing that I, I just really wanted to that I think about a lot. Mm. So in Australia, we have this culture of, hey, if you're big and strong, you're a cool male. Yeah. You know, like, hey, if you play rugby, if you, you know, do all this stuff, you're cool. But jujitsu, every body type has its advantages and disadvantages. So what I've seen since I've started is I've seen guys that in that, oh, you know, if you're not six foot whatever and, and you know, cut mm. if you're five foot six and little that you might not have been any good on the rugby field or anything like that there's a spot for you in jiu-jitsu because you can move a lot faster than the six foot four guy yeah you know um and, and for me it's so humbling to have a guy that's five foot five submit me because my disadvantage is i'm old my legs i've got heaps of space so he he's fast and he moves mm. around and you watch how good it is for them, you know, their sense of pride that, hey, you know, Australia values these warriors, you know, that, mm. and here I am, a warrior, because I know my game and I know how my game works. My game's a fast game, you know, like, that's really cool. And that's another intricate about the jiu-jitsu game that I found so interesting. Like, you're not only trying to develop your game and develop techniques and understand concepts so you can your game can go through the roof uh, but you also uh, having uh, the importance of analyzing the other people's game that are close to you as well or someone that you're going to compete with because depending the, the body shape and the positions that the guy does like you're going to have to bring your different game to to face that person you know what I mean it's just so strategic at the same time you know what I mean you can train Starting that person from bottom half, and you can do really well, and then you let the person put you in close guard to start and do really bad, you know. So, and a lot of people don't don't go to that extent when they don't think about this, the next level, you know, to observe when the guy training that there's normally a very similar pattern or what the guy is good at. So I'm not gonna get in there. If I get there, what I do? I think this is a lot uh, a lot of thinking to be done, you know, which is super super amazing. Yeah, I think it's good to note that like. Every, every body type is going to have like, again, like I said before, there's no good one and no, well, no. this one's better than this. Like everyone's got their strengths and weaknesses and yeah. stuff. I would say that like that, um, like demographic or individual, that archetype of person you're talking about, like the big, strong, athletic, 
male type thing. I think that's always been like the desired male physique. So I don't think it's exclusive to Australia. I think that's always been the way it is since the beginning mm. of time. Mm. Now, I think historically that that meant like, you know, a powerful guy that was a leader and like, you know, the, the chieftain of a tribe or whatever. But um, you can absolutely overcome that with technique. And that's why I would say like for a lot of more power sports like rugby or, um, you know, athletic pursuit based sports, there's skill involved in it, of course, but it still focuses more on the athleticism. Mm. Whereas jujitsu, you can supersede athleticism with technique and understanding. Mm. And that's the cool thing about, again, empowering an individual. This is real empowerment, not the manifestation bullshit and the woke crap that everyone talks about now with empowerment, like giving people power in their own life to like, if you, do understand well enough and if you rehearse the movements well enough you can submit somebody way bigger than you mm. holy shit mm. jiu-jitsu works mm. there's reason behind this and that i think that's what you're kind of touching on and that is really cool and that is really wow. powerful and that is really confidence building like man you can give somebody control in their life if they work hard and they do the do the things they need to if they understand and they work hard and rehearse and improve themselves they can defend and do this and like he's saying yeah there's there's always commonalities in body types and things. You can analyze everything and you can predict things based off that. Guys that are smaller or more flexible are generally going to be better in this mm. situation. And guys that are really long and lanky and have this, they're going to be better in these scenarios. And a guy that's really thick and stocky and powerful, they're going to be better here and here. And yeah, sometimes it's just getting to a position where it favors you and it doesn't favor them. And that's what's going to lead to success or winning or whatever. It's it's really quite funny because there's always that debate, isn't there, about, you know, does technique win out over, you know... F- to pure, some point, to some pure, extent. Yeah. And, and I, I do remember probably two years ago, it was it was a class and there was there was a guy turned up and he was, he was, as you said, the ultimate athlete. He was pumped. He was six foot four. He was solid. And he rolled with one of the smaller guys within the club. And, you know, the roll, everyone's rolling. It was kind of roll time. And the roll kept going. And pretty much everyone on the mat stopped and watched this pair roll Mm. because it was the question of, you know, here's David and Goliath. It was a true David and Mm. Goliath on the mats. And the the guy that was new that did everything, you know, muscles, and he was bench pressing the the little jujitsu off him, like throwing him through the air and he'd fall and he'd come back and, you know, just pure physical. And, and the whole gym was stopping and watching. And, and next thing, the the smaller guy's on top again and he bench pressed him and he threw him in the air. And as he's in the air, he grabbed his arm, did an arm bar on the way down. Next thing, the guy's tapping, you know, and we're like, oh, technique does no, work. Technique, you know, technique. it was like David and Goliath. Never saw that guy. Never came back again. See, that's the problem yeah, that I mentioned. I see that happen could many not times. Handle it. You yes, know that- extremely uh, like guys with amazing physique that are used to uh, do weights at the gym and look at themselves in the mirror. That can be too much for the ego. That's yeah, uh, yeah. a bash on the ego that they cannot come out. Sometimes, of course, people stay, but I've seen happen as yeah, well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that man, that's a, that happens in every situation. That's just somebody that has like a high level of immaturity as an adult, like. They've never had to um, adjust their stuff like you had to when you got too tired from drinking and stuff like that because they've always gotten by with their stuff. And you, you can use other parallels. A real pretty girl, 
She's never been told no or never been told off. The moment that happens for the first time is going to be a ca- catastrophic situation. Yeah, exactly. It's like exactly. When, when you don't experience hardship or you don't put yourself in challenging situations, you don't grow as an individual. Yeah. And the crazy thing about jiu-jitsu is you're constantly forced mm. into those scenarios. Mm. Mm. In other situations in life, it's actually very safe. You can always avoid these challenging situations as much as possible. But when you do jiu-jitsu, unfortunately, there's nowhere to hide. There's mat space and you and someone else in front of you, where are you going to go? And it's very similar to life because you have the ups and downs. Like you're going to get a new job or you're going to get fired. You're going to get uh, uh, a new girlfriend. You're going to break break, um, break up your, your marriage. marriage. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you, it's all the same. Someone's going to, family's going to die. Someone's going to be born. You born know? Yeah. So happiness is you know, getting sad all the time. It's up and down, up and down every day. Success, failure, uh, 100%. Man. Yeah. Um, it's a condensed version of life, man. I probably said this 28 times on the 28 podcasts we've done, every 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 <laughs> podcast, man. It's a condensed version of life, and that's why it's so addictive, man. Yeah. And and the crazy thing is, is some people get more out of this than they do living actual life because in life, again, you can avoid all of these challenges. You can avoid all this stuff. You can't do it in jiu-jitsu. If you're training and you're training for real, you can't avoid it, man. Do you have any trace that personalized traits that you developed through jiu-jitsu. I have one very classic now I can spot it on myself. Um, do, you, do you have any? Well, I think that my temper yeah. is a lot calmer than it has been. Mm. I think that um, I'm more humble than I ever have been. I, I recognize in life when my ego is telling me to do things which is probably not the right thing to do so i'm able to check that which i don't think i've ever been able to do you know quite emotional and things like that um my awareness of what's happening around me all the time is a lot better than it used to be it's very interesting you know i I was um with some friends i remember at byron bay and, and you know i saw an altercation and you know we just walked past it and, and I said to my friends, did you see that? And they said, no. You know? and, and so you're aware of things. What you're aware do you think of- is that? Because you, you, you're suddenly watching so many like body movements when we're training. Because oh, I agree with you on that 100%. You're watching people's expressions. You're watching body language. What, yeah, the body language. You, know, yeah. you, you just get I think, I think you get. I think you get, more, you get more intelligent emotionally. Because you learn how to deal with your own emotions better. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like you, like 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 you, you're forced to deal with uncomfortable situations, and as a byproduct of that, you get better at dealing un- with uncomfort or uh, anxiety or aggression or happiness or sadness or all of the things that you experience with going through hardship. And man, I'm a, I'm a big believer in like you're never gonna grow as an individual if you do not go through hard things in life. You can't grow without mm. challenge. You can't grow without accepting responsibility and being put in situations that's difficult. So, like, you need to either find hardship or if you're, like, one of the unfortunate or fortunate people that experience real hardship in the world, you know, people dying and having to look after your family and getting a job at 16 and looking after people and helping with this and helping with that and, you know, having major injuries and overcoming problems and, you know, this family problem and this and that, like you become a more complete individual because as you go through these things, you learn about the world, you learn about life. And you know what the crazy thing is? Is again, you learn this stuff in jiu-jitsu. 
And this is what's missing for, for a lot of people from mm. the world. Mm. So I feel like you, you're, you can notice fights and stuff better and you feel you better at dealing with things. Of course, we're not perfect. I'll still get angry with somebody if they disrespect me constantly. I might erupt and get angry and yell. I'm a human being, right? But for the most part, you get better at like managing all these things in your mind. You become, you start to, you start to control your mind as opposed to your mind controlling you. Mm. You start to control your reactions as opposed to your emotions controlling how you react. And that's something that I think is really important for people to work on in life. What? Because otherwise we're just reacting, you know what I mean? You're not analyzing anything. You're not processing how things feel or how things are. You just react. And it's like a normal conversation. For the most part, when you're upset with somebody or someone says something that upsets you, right, we react in the way we feel. Oh, no, 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 no. What I have started to notice is even though that I feel that way, I'm still now able to respond in a way that I would like to respond. And again, that if I choose to be aggressive and yell, I'm aware of that still. Maybe that's the wrong choice, maybe not. If I choose to be calm and, and you know, slow with how I talk or whatever, I can, I can, I'm more conscious of that now. Does that mm. make sense? Yeah, yeah. I think some, that really, really starts to, you kind of, gain this stuff as you do jiu-jitsu more or so as you go that's through your, hardship that's more. your uh, trace of personality I, you're I would say up. i would say a little bit but i'm just saying overall i think you learn how to deal with your emotions better because you're mm. putting yourself in hard situations and as you deal with hard situations you get better at dealing with the emotions that mm. are brought up inside of you mm. but you have one specific for you yeah i would say just wouldn't i wouldn't say specific that's the specific one is like being more aware and more conscious of how you react How, you, how your emotions are doing inside of your body, what's actually happening and separating and detaching from how you feel as opposed to how you act. Because I don't think that's something that is very common in the world and I also don't think that that's that easy to learn. Because again, you learn it through hard shit. That, that's right. And, and, you know, look, if you're going to look at, at the way societies, you know, you said woke and, and mm. you know, like the... We try to take hardship or disappointment away from our loved ones, our friends. You know, I don't want them to suffer, but you know, there's valuable lessons in all of that. Yeah, in for all sure. Of that. And that's yeah. that's the paradox. You know what I mean? Like, you do it out of love, but a lot of the time it hurts them more yeah, because yeah. they don't learn how to be self-sufficient. They don't know. They don't learn how to be in control of their own life. Yeah. What What was your my one? My personal one is this: anything that I do that doesn't uh, work or as much as I would like to or I can think I can do better, mm. I want to do it again. I want to regroup, get all the information again, go through it again, study, reevaluate, and I, I just want to do another opportunity to do it again. So how do you do that? Like, so you're saying if somebody passed your guard, submitted you in jiu-jitsu? No, no, I'm, you... talking about, I'm talking about life. Well. Yeah. Yeah, in back jiu-jitsu. But yes, in back in jiu-jitsu, yes, if someone passed my guard uh, and done something, I'm going to look, okay, well, I, I could perhaps do another way to defend that or or I was too slow to start moving, you know, like I will review and I, I wanted to, when I'm back in that situation, I'm going to try again, do you know what I mean? But that could be from something that I cooked that I overcooked, I want to do it again or a deal that I did... Um, and that I didn't go too well and I want to do it again. It's made you more driven in addressing flaws or mistakes. Yes, yeah. yes. But isn't that the cool thing about jiu-jitsu too, that if somebody does do something to you, 
I've never had, you know, if I go up, how did you do that? Like, what did you do to get there? No one's ever said, I'm not telling you. That's my secret. <laughs> you know, like, they're always happy to share. And so by sharing, you get better. But they get better too. Yeah, yeah. And then that makes you better. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, by sharing, you know what they're going to do at that time, what they do well, and then you're going to avoid that. And then you're going to have to, you oblige them to get better as well. So yeah. this is this is another life lesson too. But that's just like abundance. Like you're just sharing and being abund- bountiful with everything. Like whether it's knowledge, whether it's resources, whether it's attention and help and da-da-da and your time, whatever. Like the more um, uh, like abundant you are with that, the more... Um, you share that the more people are willing to share it with you and what that does is just breed a group of people that are willing to keep lifting each other up and as you lift someone else up they're happy to lift you up and everyone improves as an individual but by helping each other you can't improve by yourself you improve by or a bunch of individuals all helping each other improve and i think again this is another thing that's missing from everyday life like for the most part in the corporate world in in business you're trying in, to step in, on people you're trying to, to step on people to get up there and yeah. the thing is is like you might get to those positions but you fucking ruin every single relationship situation that you're ever going to be in to get to that position yeah and like a lot of people bring that into their family life and their relationships or whatever like you shouldn't be burning bridges with everyone because they upset you or they did this or they did that like oh no they're lower than me now because i'm up here like that's not a good way to live man but Eddie, people do uh, what they do man like um, like myself as well, I think our memory started to be not as uh, so fresh that we can remember everything, you know, like and sometimes, you know, three techniques you, you get in the car, oh my God, I hardly remember two. Um, and we work it out. We always try to get better. You know, that same personality traits we're talking about. Even at the gym, jiu-jitsu, we always like running the gym. We always think about what can we do to make, uh, people learn more to make our job better on what we're delivering. And that's how the idea of uh, BJJ 101 was born initially. Uh, Anton has an amazing knowledge of coming with conceptuals that makes super easy to understand all the positions, basic. Um, and that's how BJJ 101 was born. And now we use Agarra here on our programs and you know the, the, the online library is there. The platform is there for anyone that wanted to um, be part of it. So, and use it. You being part of BJJ 101, you being a member of BJJ 101, you're using the online library. Um, can you tell us how beneficial that is for you, um, please? Sure, yeah. Um, I do, like, I'll, I'll remember the techniques that we're doing this month, but mm-hmm. in three months' time, it will be a challenge for me. And, and before BJJ 101, I used to say to Anton, at the end of each month, can we have a refresher from two months ago? Yeah. You know, like not this month, but two months ago because I've forgotten how to get out of this side control or whatever, you know. I think it would be really beneficial. And then he started putting together this this program. And for me, what it is, there's lots of stuff online, you know. You're talking about it. You see people, they Endless. YouTube some, you know. Name funky, anybody, yeah funky submission and you'll see them try and you go what the hell's that but for me bjj 101 aligns with what we're learning here at gaha so if i can't remember and i i did it the other day where you know i was having a mental blank about escaping a position and for the life of me i couldn't remember and then i went on to bjj 101 i looked it up 
there it was. You know, I only needed to just get that. And then I came to class that night and, um, you know, I've got a lot of good buddies here and I just, at the start of the roll, I said, hey, listen, I just want to refresh on this. Can we just put off rolling for a second and we just refresh? No worries. So, you know, that to me is good because it's, it, it synchronises with what we're learning here at Gaha, yeah. where every other platform out there, that's their techniques or whatever, probably all get to the same thing. Mm. But for me, it's Anton, it's Lucas, same language. it's Tim, it's all same the same, yeah. same language, same techniques. Same voice even. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so to me, to me, it, it's been really beneficial. Have I got better? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but but at least time, you know, at least I have a, a resource to go and check it out, and I find that's invaluable. Yeah, the thing that I tried to do, if, if, like for the most part, is just try and simplify the ideas, man. Because I think there's hundreds of guys on the internet. There's guys with way more accolades than me that are like you know ten, ten times world champions, all this stuff. And the thing that I've noticed, and that I've actually heard from most people, and I, I, I've had a lot of compliments from the seminars that I teach and the videos that I make, whatever. But all these guys are teaching the techniques as if they're talking to like another high-level black belt. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So um, they're not catering to the biggest portion of human beings that actually do jiu-jitsu, which is like people that are just starting out. For the most part, like the details you're going to give to this like high-level black belt, they're not like their little intricacies and their little changes. But no, I want people to get the picture, the big picture. Remember we mm -hmm. talked about that? You know, the zero to six months, zero to five, like three years. Like, what's the goal? What's the big picture? And I, again, the whole goal is to create like a platform where people can find the, the most concise goals of what you're actually trying to do when you roll. Because I remember being a beginner. I remember going there, slapping and bumping and be like, and then like, oh, oh, there's an armbar and doing some crazy shit to try and get an armbar. But I didn't know what the goal was. I wish someone taught me what the goal was when I started jiu-jitsu. So that's kind of the thing that I've tried to do is like talk about everything and put it in a way that is so systemized and so simple that you just follow the steps. You just follow the understanding and you seem to have results. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, the other thing that I get out of it is a, as we progress, we might see the same technique or the same, you know, we're working on back takes yeah. every year, every year. And, you know, I often joke with you, I say, well, why didn't you tell me that Last little year. little movement five years ago? Mm. You know, I wouldn't would, and he says, but I did. So <laughs> 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 our ability to remember, you know, like it's where we're at in our journey. Yeah. So I'm I wasn't up to getting that little intricacy five years ago. I wasn't, you know, but now it makes sense. And we joke all the time, you know, it I yeah. see when when um People, you know, like sometimes they'll just turn up for the roles. And I think you're missing so much, you know, because there's that little mm. intricacy that you might have already, you develop a bad habit that you can correct in in, in the in the training part, mm. you know, rather than in the roles of the class. For sure. And, and, you know, and then if you're not sure, you can go home and you can look on, you know, BJJ 101 and, and you know, Make sure that you're getting those sequences. And when you think about it, Eddie, even when I, when you, even when I was young, like there's so many ju ju positions, yeah. and there's so many details in each position that it's nearly impossible to remember. Like I, I, it is impossible to remember everything, but sometimes it's 
like even 50%, you can't remember. Yeah. And sometimes you're going to be phases that you're really good at doing omoplata, and then suddenly you start exploring other things. Yeah, you don't cycles. remember the intricates, the final details that are actually going to make it or break it, the omoplata. Yeah. And what I like about that program is it allows you to go there and look for um, like specific areas. So if you need to improve in a certain area, you're going to go there and go, oh, I want to I get better at a bottom half guard. You go bottom half guard. And then you're going to have a variety of positions, variety of details. So it, it's very narrowed down. If you, you know, oh, this is, I want to improve this or I want to check that detail, you can go straight to the point and can make it much easier for you to absorb that and come back to training. Of course, it's a tool to help you. Um, you still got to do the work. Yeah. Exactly. Like you can't, learn, you can't learn to swim without getting wet. Right? Yeah, you know? yeah. So you have to come on the mat. You have to train. Obviously, then you get the, the, all the, the intricates and come and try to apply. You know what I mean? And this mm. is going to be a, a lot of fun to make that happen. And, and you know, that, that's one of the things that I'm learning as in, I go along in my journey. I remember speaking to Monsook and I said, you know, what, what is your goal when you roll? And he said, well, when I roll, I want to practice one thing that I've learned this week yeah. in my roll. I want to incorporate it in my roll. And I thought, yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. <laughs> you know, like everyone's just going to, oh, skill-based approach. Yeah, yeah, he's working on yeah, skills in life yeah, training. Yeah. yeah. And I thought, yeah, so when he talked, that was big for me. And I said, yeah, you know, look, that's what I'd like to, like to work so, on. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's funny, man. Like you always do this every week is where it's like, oh, what's the gem for this week? Yeah, what are you yeah. going to release? And um, I think it's funny, like every but year. But you do. You yeah, do, yeah, you do I, tell us a I, thing that we you, couldn't comprehend. You c- couldn't yeah, comprehend yeah. years ago. That's that's the point. Like as you increase your understanding and knowledge, you're now open to more information. And like, unfortunately, uh, and my brother actually gave me this analogy and he's like, all right, you have to understand it like this, like, all right, everybody that you're teaching is on page three. You're on page 1,572. So how how you're trying to bridge that information to somebody here is really difficult because you you can't force somebody to catch up 1,500 pages. So coaching is difficult, man. Like you need to somehow get your knowledge and talk it down into a way that you can be received by somebody that's at this point. That's not an easy task, right? So... Yeah, that's like the whole reason behind BJJ 101. But like, that's just the whole reason behind like why it takes three years for you to get stuff that I was talking about a year and a half ago or a, three years ago. Or every year you learn another new detail about the same techniques or the same positions or the same concepts because as you're catching up, all of it's starting to become um, clear to you. You know what I mean? And you're becoming conscious of all these other inf- details and ideas and stuff. Yeah. The best player doesn't make the best coach. You know, like yeah, we yeah. see that over and over. You know, I remember the Brisbane Lions when they were winning all their premierships and then they made Michael Boss coach. And he's like, well, you just do it this way. And everyone's like, huh? Mm. I don't get it, you know, because he was natural at it. Mm. He didn't have that ability to bridge the gap, yeah. to bring everyone up to his level, yeah. you know, so... Yeah, that's definitely true. Guys that are naturals, that thing, they don't have to work as hard, so they don't actually understand as well. Yeah, uh, for sure. uh, in soccer, for example, all the guys that work at the defense, a lot of the guys like famous coaches, they work at the defense and they become very famous coaches, you know, and they say that because they're watching the game you know, <laughs> all the time, yeah. you know, kind Same. of funny. Yeah. It's, it's interesting, man. But 
I th- I thought that was an interesting point to kind of like note. It it definitely takes a lot of time to get to it. And and this is not again. This is another parallel parallel with life. Like as you grow and as you understand more about life, you you comprehend things and you understand better and you become more humble and you become more um, open and you become more understanding. But it takes time, man. And it takes hardship and challenge and responsibility and all the things that force you to grow and understand more and be better to like, again, to be able to comprehend new things and new understandings and whether that's in relationships, in business, in jujitsu and just getting along with people it, it does it does take time, but this is the other magical thing about jujitsu mm. is that it never seems like a chore. You know, I have to drive 45 yeah. minutes to an hour to come to class yeah. each way, and um, not once has it ever felt like a chore. You know, in five years, where did that go? Like, I've enjoyed the journey. It's not like someone's – and as you said, the journey's – I can't see it finishing. You know, mm. because you're always learning. You're always learning new things, you know. That's uh, what I think is fascinating and yeah. that keeps me, my drive. Yeah, yeah, Man, then suddenly there's a new God. Suddenly there's a new way to do something. That's magical for someone that's been doing for long. It's Because a lot of things when you do for long, you like get stale because there's nothing else to go here, you know. Oh, no, you never Just run out of new stuff. Jiu-Jitsu is created every night, basically, mm. you know. You never run out of stuff. Or you see a detail every day. A lot of, lot of Here I am yesterday trying to do what's worm the name? God, I don't even God. know the name worm of the guy, worm god or no, no, half worm, and worm half god. bacteria god, you know, like bacteria god. <laughs> <laughs> we, we were we were talking like when we were new white belts and you know, most of the cohort that started with me is still coming, a lot of them, you mm. know, like there's good camaraderie. And, and, you know, we went, there must be something to this jujitsu because if Eduardo's been doing it for 32 years or however long you've been doing it at that time, and and someone said, yeah, did you ever see him? Did you ever watch him? Like, we're on the mats rolling and he'll be at the counter and he'll start pacing and, you know, you'll get all antsy. And then next thing, he'll go and grab a gi and he'll put it on. And then he, <laughs> when he comes onto the mat, he has this big smile. Like, you know, he's, oh, no, I should look at my computer. I should, no, I'm going to roll, you know. Uh-huh. We go, there must be something to this. If you can have that longevity and still be excited about coming onto the mats, there's something to this sport. I <laughs> see with guys 80 years old doing exactly the same thing, you know what I mean, coming and screaming with one, hey, pass his guard, I don't know, excited, put his gear coming, you know. Mm. Yeah. I think it comes back to that thing that, like, that Octavio talked about, man. You're, like, you're reverting to play. And actually, Paul White talked about this as well. And he, you know, he has a long history in psychology and, and psycho work and stuff like that. But, like, man, you're reverting back to a child. You're, you're being playful again. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, we don't play often. We're always working and being serious and being adults and doing all this stuff and not having fun and being creative. Now you get to go and be a kid again, running around on the playground, running around the field, kicking balls around, whatever. You do the same thing here. This is like the most primal fun thing. Every single tribal nationality that exists on the planet, what do you think happens when you get a bunch of guys together? They're all having fun, whoop-dee-hooing, it's raining, it's muddy, who cares? The sun's out, super hot. What do they start doing? Yeah, they wrestling. start wrestling, yeah. all of them. Because it's reverting back to your most primal instinctual like communication fun camaraderie brotherhood you know what i mean like we're all together ha, 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 but we're masculine and strong da 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 like 
And for guys, it's even more important because you're not, there's not many spaces left where you can be like that. No, 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 not at all. And with COVID, um, it's been a lifesaver for COVID, I reckon, because, you know, what did the government make us do with COVID? You know, wear masks, stay isolated, stay separated from from people, everyone. Yeah. And, and yeah, we Your would. Family, like, I'd talk to I'd talk to you know my colleagues here, and, and we're like, oh, it's so good to come to jujitsu mm. and embrace people and sweat on people mm. and laugh yeah. and see people's face. It, it, it's just awesome, you yeah, know, 100%, like 100%. awesome. Yeah, there was a. It's so good now not having to have the mask and be able to see everyone's facial expressions mm. and. A role without having to not sit close by when you're outside and all that is it's already a blast. Yeah, Eddie was here when we we're doing the no contact drill yeah, classes, exactly. playing with dummies and stuff like that. Which yeah. make us appreciate life more, you know, just oh, yeah. by yeah, being yeah. had a hard time, we're just appreciating just what we'd be giving, yeah. you know, mm. and make the most of it. I know, man, it's crazy. But I, I think there is, like you're saying, there is something to it. There is something to returning to the roots of of being a human being, man. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, just being playful and interacting with people the way we've always done through the, since the beginning of time. Not through a Zoom call, not through the phone, not from three metres away, man, like high-fiving, slapping on the back, wrestling a little bit, <laughs> have a barbecue, cook some food, whatever. This is the way people have always existed. This is the meaning of life, man, to interact with people in that, um, you know, I mean, fun, natural way. Like, yeah, but And a lot of it's lost, you know yeah. what I mean? So you got to somehow get back into it and add it back into your life again. Well, yeah. Eddie, I, I, for me, it's always a, been a pleasure to have you here. Uh, consider you as a friend. Um, so it's always great to share. I think the biggest thing we get here is actually sharing, you know, people from different backgrounds and different, um, you know, everything walks different. Walks of life, yeah. Walks of life, get together here, share a laugh, share a little bit of life experience. So for me, it, I couldn't say be happier to have you here, um, to have Ziggy here. I hope he comes back training because he was getting amazing, you know, doing amazing jiu-jitsu. It was very impressive. Uh, and, uh, yeah. He's in love. It was, a, it was a, right? yeah, one of these, yeah. Mm. At that age, there's a, the competition becomes harder <laughs> with a love life and jiu-jitsu life. Mm-hmm. But we've all been there. We all understand. And uh, hopefully he can come back sooner, very soon, and be back with us. And uh, thanks for being here as well with us. It was, uh, you want to say anything else? Anything. No, I just wanted to say thank you to you both. You know, like it's been it's been fantastic for me, my family. Yeah, I really, really appreciate everything you've done for us. Thank and you, no, thank you man. You, we, we really appreciate it as well. Like you and your son and everybody involved. Like it's always been, I mean, really awesome, man, to have you guys here. Such a... Um, you know what I mean? Amazing, respectful, and kind family. And like, man, the, everybody needs to be like that. You know what I mean? The more we can spread this kind of attitude be- between anybody, it's, it's good for the world, man. So thank you so much for coming on. Very much appreciate listening. And thank you so much for being so open and honest and sharing so much stuff about you and your family and everything. So yeah. really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Eddie. Thank you, Eddie. I appreciate Oops. it. Thanks so much.